0: Okay, here we are on August 13th, 2015, at the Science Fiction Club meeting, and we are discussing Lord Valentine's Castle by Robert Silverberg. It's the first in the Magipore cycle, and uh, I think there are seven books in it, I forget, five or six or seven, something like that. And um, so we'll go around and see what people thought about it, starting with whomever presses the button quickest.
1: Okay, that was funny. Um, I liked it. I've read it before. And i it's funny because I wasn't going to read it this time because I'd already read it. But then I thought, you know what, I did really like it, so... You know, if I don't want to read it, the whole thing, I won't. But of course I did, and of course I couldn't put it down. This is a great, great book. And the narrator is so fun. Narrators, I really think, either make or break a book. Um, and this narrator, I did read it on Bard. Um, I don't, I think it was on Bookshare, but I don't know. I didn't even look, I don't think. Anyway, I like the book. I really did. Um, I like the world of Majapore. I'd actually love to live there, um, with the trees and the just the clouds and the. I think I'd like to live up by Castle Mount, where it's always what they say. Where it's always spring. That'd be beautiful.
2: Well, I've read it too, and I remember really liking it the first read. And I know I read a couple of other books, although I don't think he'd even finish the the cycle if he has finished it. But for some reason, this one just didn't grab me. Um, Part of the thing I've noticed is I'm getting really tired of these guys that describe and describe and describe things. Um, And this isn't just this. This is fantasy and mystery too and the other thing that bugged me a little bit is I don't understand how a planet as big as Majapur was supposed to be could have such a light gravity but you know I must have liked it for some reason because I remember really liking the first one first time I read it
0: well I, Lissy and I I read this book many years ago and I did not remember it very well and I, I know I read it, though. I just remember it was a big planet, and they, there were some things in the forest and so on, and I didn't remember it very well. And Lucy and I read through it together, and I kind of remember why I don't remember it very well now, because while I did like the narrator, he was fabulously great, and I liked that it was a big planet, but the story just didn't grab us very much. It, was a little, it, it seemed kind of lighthearted, and... It seemed like, you know, there were so many unanswered questions. Why is Majapur such a backwater since they know about other star systems and they know about, um, you know, other aliens? So why is Majapur so backwards? And exactly, you know, we thought about this too. How does this big planet keep itself together if it's so light? There's supposed to be a rarity of metals. so, you know, he doesn't tell us anything. You know, he wants to seem to have both worlds. He wants to seem to have a science fictional book, but he wants to have a fantasy book as well. And he's trying to make this work. And it it didn't work for us very well. You know, there were some nice scenes. You know, the Irish woman, you know, the warrior, and, you know, the aliens. Some of the aliens were great fun. Um, but the story just didn't really grab us. There was not... It didn't seem to get very dangerous, really, for him. Uh, he seemed to just blow off, you know. Uh, I don't know. I just We just really couldn't get into the story that much. The setting was nice, and it was great. You know, there was some great imaginative stuff there, but we just didn't get into the story.
3: Well, Evan, I agree with you. Um, and that really is pretty much... One of my main criticisms of the book was that there was just really no tension in it, which I mean, you know, it's kind of it made it kind of nice and light and fluffy, but it really didn't make me want to read and read and read. I also felt kind of like um, Robert Silverberg would get up in the morning and say, "Man, I had the coolest dream last night. I think I'm going to put that in the book," and so then he would add in one of the really cool things, like the trees, or whatever. And there were some really fascinating things like that in it, but it just didn't all hang together to me. Um, and But my favorite part was the juggling. I thought that the juggling stuff was good, and clearly that was a very big interest for him, because that's really what sort of held the book as well as it did together, I thought.
2: I do like the alien well. I do like the different life forms in the book, um, but I think even at the first reading, I thought of you know this the king of dreams or the king of sleep and the the lady that sent other kinds of dreams. You know, I didn't really like that all that much, even in the first one.
1: I actually, what I think that the thing is, is uh, this was definitely not hard SF. I would say you're right. It's science fiction and fantasy, and I would actually say it was more fantasy than science fiction. I mean, I know that they had aliens, yeah, I get that. But um, I think there was more fantasy than science fiction. because even dreams, that's kind of... The way they made it, that to me is kind of fantasy.
0: Yeah, but he mentioned machinery. The king of dreams had all this machinery, uh, you know, in his desert uh, palace or whatever the heck it was where he, you know, sent out these dreams to people. So, I mean, he, he the, the, the arbitrariness... Seemed to be uh, a fair bit of arbitrariness into what what uh, science fictional elements he liked and what fantasy elements he liked and and you're right about the dreams. I mean, some of it got kind of hallucinogenic. It reminded me, and I know Lissy, I said, it kind of reminds me of some of Zelazny's work because Zelazny could get a little hallucinatory sometimes if you read. Creatures of light and darkness or the amber books when they're traveling through shadow and she said yeah that's why i didn't like them so she didn't like all the dreaming stuff and then of course when he gets to the labyrinth and he's trying to persuade the, the pontifex ministers that uh, he's uh the real thing and she asked him to have this dream drug and Lissy says are they going to get naked again You know, it was kind of I don't know we just didn't feel that suspenseful about anything that's just you know it didn't gel for us like we weren't caught up in what's he going to do and is he going to make it and is he going to you know there was nothing to it in that sense and I don't know why it went on for seven or six or seven more books I just don't we just don't get the appeal of it quite so much. It's a big world. I like big worlds. I like, that's why I liked Ring World and, you know, big megastructures, because lots of things can happen. You can have all kinds of interesting things, life forms and strange machines and all kinds of things can happen, but he didn't really exploit it. Well, he did somewhat, but I, I thought he could have done it better. And, you know, either make it all science fiction or make it all fantasy or something, but this kind of blend it just didn't work too well for for us.
1: I think the thing that kind of creeped me out were the metamorphs. Those were freaky. Those were creepy. Um You are right, Evan. Uh the amber books. That, that's a ooh. Yeah, he really got into some some strange stuff with those books. I I am act- I've actually, and I haven't done it yet, but I've actually been thinking of rereading those because I have. I read those a long, long time ago.
0: I liked the first five, and I reread those a few years ago, but I didn't like the second five, and I've never reread them. I thought he should have just ended it when he ended the, the, the uh, with the courts of chaos. But anyhow, um, but I will say I liked the ending. It was a twist. It was a surprise, but it worked. You know, the, it turning out to be the metamorph. I'm spoiling it, but, you know, we have to be able to talk about the book. Um, where it turned out that the King of Dreams was really a matter meta- That was great. I will not, you know, I thought that was a great twist of an ending. And it really does set up for a sequel. Are they going to continue the rebellion? What are they going to do? Well, apparently, it. Uh, I don't know what happens in the next books. But uh, that was a great ending.
2: Yeah, I would like the surprise ending... I'd forgotten that part of it. Um, I think the other thing I had a little bit of trouble with is how easily everybody seemed to accept that, you know, Valentine was really Valentine. um, Because they just, you know, they didn't seem to have any clear test.
0: And I don't remember
2: much about the dreams in The Princes in Amber. I liked the series. I could not get into Creatures of Light and Darkness. That was just too disjointed. But I did like uh, Lord of Light.
1: See, I haven't read those books yet, Dark and Lightness, or any of those. Um, The thing is, I guess that uh, they were sent dreams that he was Lord Valentine, but uh, it's funny that you said it, because I actually sat there for a minute and thought of that, because the first time I read it, I don't even think I thought that way, but I remember this time reading it, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, how can you guys all just believe he's Lord Valentine? I remember that, especially uh, Zalzan Kaval. You would think that he would be one of the most, you know, the the skeptical ones, and he was not. Um and then um, oh I was going to say something and it totally slipped my mind if it um, if it comes back I'll come back
0: um, yeah uh, oh, oh, I want to mention this Salzan Cabal Nick Sullivan just did a great job of characterizing him with his grouchiness and his temper and especially early on in the book before he got all meek and you know mild and everything but Earlier on, before you know, he knows Valen- who Valentine is. He was a, he was great. You know, he was angry and stuff. But he was a, he just did the character really. He did all the voices really well. You know, pretty much. I mean, the narrator was just fabulous. Um, and there were no dreams in uh, the Amber books. It was just when they were traveling through shadow, it, the, the landscapes were just really weird. I mean, the sky was all different colors, and the landscape had strange creatures in it. It wasn't, it was like hallucinations almost, but it was landscapes, but there was no dreams in it like there were here. It just had a similar feel. Some of the dreams just had really weird, like, you know, like. You know, since this book was written in the late '70s, it was almost like he was harking back to the '60s with some of the psychedelic, you know, stuff. It's all almost had that kind of feel to it. But um, yeah, the the, uh, the characterization of the the um, the Zalzon Cabal was just great.
1: You were talking about the ending. It's funny when I first read it. I thought when I sec- when I read it for the second time, I for some reason had it in my mind that he got all this army behind him and he walked in and I thought that the castle would be empty and there would be a metamorph- I I couldn't remember. I thought I did not expect that. I forgot that ending until it got to that. And then I thought, oh, yeah. You know how you have that, oh, yeah, moment. But I had thought that it would end with the castle being empty and the, the metamorphs leaving. I remembered that it had to do with, with metamorphs. I remembered that, but I, I didn't remember it correctly.
3: I'd I have to say that it was a total shock to me, the metamorphs being the, the problem. But I thought, like, I agree, that's an excellent ending to the book. And in fact, that was probably one of its stronger points. But, um, it, you now I have forgotten what I was going to say. I guess it's just a forgetful not.
1: I have to tell you, I don't know how that narrator did that voice for Zalzan Cabal and those Skandars throughout the whole book. I mean, if it were me. I choked. I even—you guys are going to laugh at me. I even tried it, and I still choked. Oh no, I couldn't do that.
2: Maybe he gargled a lot of mouthwash. Well, these narrators almost have to be actors, you know, to do some of the voices they do, and to switch from English to like a French accent or another accent, and making it sound real.
1: Speaking of accents, I loved his accent for for Otto. Jelly
0: Amber. Oh, yes, the little wizard. I like that character, too, actually. He was very distinctive, and he was wise, and, you know, um, I, I, I like the, the character quite a lot.
4: Hello, folks. I'm late. I don't know what time it is, but I fell asleep, so uh, whatever time it is, <laughs> here I am. It's 925,
0: uh, 625 where you are, so... Um, Welcome, welcome. We were wondering where you were. We waited a little bit for you, but we thought maybe you had had a storm or you got a fire and, you know, the fire got too close to you or something.
4: No, I'm here. Um, And, of course, I had a great time with the book. And I love the the little wizard. I thought he was wonderful. Um, I don't know if any of you guys read it on... um, bard the bard version but i thought that the narration was just great they had and um different voices for some of the different characters like the, the skandars the giants i thought that was kind of funny and then the the wizard guy had his own little accent i mean uh, nick sullivan sullivan was just really amazing
1: yeah we were saying that i was just saying i don't i tried to I really did try to do the, the voice he did for the Skandars. And I I don't know how he did it without choking. And Deb said maybe he gargled with mouthwash.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was, it was a very gruff kind of voice that, that he did. And um, I thought also that it was neat that um, he was so into it. I mean, he wasn't just reading in a monotone. He was just reading... Uh, like he was enjoying the whole thing and wandering around with everybody and all that. It was really fun.
1: What was it that they rode on? I forgot. It wasn't mules. What was it? Was it? I don't. I can't remember.
0: They were just called mounts, if I remember correctly, but they were definitely modified in some way. Um, they could go for a long way without tiring. They were like super... Uh, endurance uh, horses only they were you know very docile and uh, so they were uh, I guess genetically modified or something
4: yeah and then the wagon that they had wasn't directly on the ground either it was above the ground a little bit so it was smoother and I guess it was easier to pull because the mounts didn't have to fight with the with the dirt and the mud, and well, at least not too often. But the only problem was that it wasn't fireproof. <laughs> that was, I was really sad when the, that thing got destroyed because then everybody was just totally kind of scattered for a while trying to figure out what to do.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of the water. I did not remember until it happened. It's funny. Things would come up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that part. Oh, yeah, I remember that part. Um, I had forgotten how much he was in the water. (laughs) Poor guy.
4: It's amazing how much you forget, because I read it a long, long time ago, and then when I read it again for this month, it was just really... Incredible the stuff that that you forget, because you think, well, they just kind of wandered around the planet for a while, and no they didn 't they had adventures and then met all these different people and these different races, and um, you know you actually got to see little glimpses of how the different people in different cities lived and all that and i didn 't remember any of that
0: stuff well uh, if you're just in case you 're curious. Um Lissy and I thought, uh, we're just reprising briefly, Lissy and I thought it was okay, but we didn't really get into the story that much. Uh, I thought it was a great, you know, uh, there were some great elements, but uh, the blending of fantasy and science fiction seemed a bit arbitrary. There's a lot of things he doesn't explain, like how you know, Majapur is such a backwater, but they know about stars, you know, they know about other star systems, and aliens apparently land on the place because they got one in their troop. But, um, and the ending, we thought, was really a good surprise, but we just didn't feel that much dramatic tension in the book, and we just, you know, um, we just kind of went on from one thing to another, but it seemed rather lighthearted. There wasn't a lot of suspense that we could grab onto, and uh, Deb uh, was in a similar vein, and uh, Marshall thought it was okay.
1: I think if I took if I took a consensus of the crowd, Mary, I think you and I would be the minority.
4: <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, for some reason i I kind of thought that there would be a couple of people who couldn't deal with it because it it's not it isn't really a story. There isn't supposed to be a lot of tension. Um there was something that I read I don't know if it was on bookshare or somewhere but or on the web or something but there was an excerpt from Silverberg's journal about how he first thought of the story and of the book and he specifically said he wanted it, be, it to be kind of sunny in tone not real into a plot, and just kind of a tour of the planet, is basically what he said. I don't know where I read that, but I know I found it recently, and I can't think where it was.
2: Well, if that's the case, I think he succeeded, because it certainly was a tour of the planet. Um, and I... Uh, joy for me this time.
0: What was that? You, you, There was a big pause, and then what you said at the end got clipped.
2: Is this better? I hope. Um I said when I first read it years ago on cassette tape I um really enjoyed it but not so much this time.
0: Well it, you're right. He did succeed if it was you know, if that's true, if it was more of a sunnier and more of a tour, but I I guess that works. Um but still, you know, it's it's the science fiction and fantasy elements kind of don't you know they seem kind of arbitrary you know he's sending people dreams but he's talking about the machinery to do it but at the same time the whole culture is very backward you know so you know we're and this is fourteen thousand years in the future and where's the you know i don't know i guess you know as i said there were some great elements to it but we didn't really get into it too much
4: i think for me this time it was kind of a thing i held on to to survive all the stuff that was going on in my life like um like i mentioned in our in our club communications that i had just gotten converted to UVerse and was trying to get things fixed and unraveled and that really stressed me out so it was great to just be able to to go to majapur once in a while and escape <laughs> Where science fiction kind of does that for me it's a it's a great stress reliever does the same narrator read all of the books or no, Mary? Um, he reads some of them. He reads, uh, let's see, he reads the third in the series, which is Valentine Pontifex, and I think he reads some of the some of the other ones, like books five and six. Uh, but there's some other ones that. I guess they just, they did this series twice, I think, is what happened, because they started to do it around 1981, 82, and they have some of those original books up on Bards, but then others in the series were done in 2003, 2005, and he reads a lot of those, so it just kind of depends on what they put up there. But um, I think that his version, of course, since it's more, Recently recorded, the quality is better.
1: You know, that's what I thought. I could not remember who read um, when I read it last time. I couldn't remember because I read it on tape as well, Marshall. I could not remember who read it. But whoever did, I think, did a good job because I liked the book. I mean, not that I wouldn't have anyway, maybe. But and there, like I said, an narrator can really make or break a book. Um, but I, I read it a long, long time ago, and I can't remember who did it. But nick sullivan did a great job hey martin uh it's weird i was just thinking gee we're missing martin glad you're here You
5: remember i told you i'd be going on a
0: hike to observe creatures of the night yes i remembered that now that you mentioned it but i'd forgotten until you showed up and i said oh no he's on a nature walk that's right
5: a lot of hiking and very little
0: nature
1: oh well hiking's fun but nature's fun too ah that's too bad
5: Well, it was a very rigorous walk and almost total darkness or partial, very difficult for them, the the people there to see the, the, the trail and everything. And I think it was unnecessarily difficult to do just for what little we could observe. We did hear a screech owl, saw a couple bats, and that was about it.
4: That's really too bad that you didn't get to hear much or... People didn't get to see much, because there's a lot that goes on at night, especially if you can find some kind of a a more isolated area to walk around in. Just
1: curious, and and if it offends you, I'm sorry, are you totally blind or are you partially sighted?
5: Sorry, Sorry, Jaws was speaking there, Uh, totally blind. And yet I do have a great love of nature, and, you know, it's sort of a sad thing. I don't know why I was instilled with this love of nature and not being able to appreciate it, you know, through the vision. But, you know, try to get what you can from your ears and nose and touch, I guess.
1: That really is too bad that you couldn't. I know I would, I feel sad, and I didn't even go, but I would have, I was, I forgot that you had went on this hike, but um, it's really too bad that you didn't hear other things and stuff
0: well you got somewhat of a nature tour from uh, lord valentine's castle perhaps uh, if you read it uh did you get a chance to read it or start it
5: no i read the whole thing and it was it was certainly a nature tour i'll tell you that planet is quite something else wandering through the different environments and the jungle and those brother, what do they call them, those brothers that lived in the, in the in the jungle and everything so yeah, that was an interesting tour
4: Well lela I think he's he's uh, in our in our group of people who enjoyed the tour <laughs> there were others, I think we're kind of equally divided here, people who couldn't get into the book and then people who could of course I was the one that suggested it so I shouldn't be saying too much but I, I did enjoy the the uh the skandars the big giant guys um it's funny how the the different aliens had their different personalities and stuff but yeah we were just kind of talking about different things that we liked about the book or didn't like whatever
1: i think i would have loved to shake their hands did you like the book martin or did you not what was your thoughts i would say all,
5: all, all, in all i did like it yes um it, you know, it was a little simple in some ways, and you know, but but it, it you know, it's funny when Mary mentioned a lot of al- different aliens. I, I had a different idea. I thought that maybe, you know, you would be seeing aliens, you know, out in space coming to the planet or something. But the fact that they coexisted, and, and the other thing I found very interesting also was that the, the underlying history, the fact that you know that this planet was originally settled by people from Earth, and then. Other aliens came to settle. And the original inhabitants, the, the the metamorphs, were the ones who, you know, were driven back into r- reservations, almost like the, you would think like some of our native aborigines.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, of course, I didn't think half of these things, the things that I thought of this time, last time. Um, but this time, yeah, it kind of did remind me of, you know, the Indian, the native Indians and stuff like that yeah, so I I, I
5: I thought it was good it might have been a little lot too long perhaps but it was interesting and it was you know quite a bit of adventures in it and, and the different characters I like that um, <laughs> it's funny that what was the name of that the giantess and the, and, the, and speaking with an Irish accent I wonder if one were to read it in Braille or from Bookshare, would that would it still would, would she still have had that accent
1: I actually did read it um, I read it both on Bookshare. I forgot until you just said that. I did read it in Braille my Braille display on Bookshare when I was sitting down, and then I read the audio version of it on Bard when I was walking around doing chores and stuff like that. Most of it I did read on Bard, but I really wanted just to see how the spelling of the names were. And... Um, I don't remember how the last name was spelled, but Lisa Munn was L-A-S-A-M-O-N, so...
5: And when she spoke, did, they, did you detect the, the accent at all, the way it was written?
1: I don't remember. Mary, did you ever read it on your braille display at all, or no? I probably
4: should have. <laughs> but I think some of the sentence construction was similar to somebody from Ireland who might have spoken that way. Um, because I noticed some of the ways that it wasn't just the narrator throwing an Irish accent in there. I think some of the sentence construction kind of implied it. Um, but another thing about that book, um, there are seven books in the series, and um, other books, as you get closer to the end of the series, get really dark, and you see more about how the king of dreams came to be, and you see more Tricks from the metamorphs trying to gain power and take over the planet, and um, and there's more sorcery as you get into books four and five. There's one there, one of the books is called The Sorcerers of Magipur, and it it gets kind of dark in there because it talks about some of the metamorph culture and stuff. So this first one I think is more of a um, intent to just show what the planet was normally like. And to kind of introduce the characters and introduce the uh, the planet and the culture and stuff. But it gets darker as you get into the series because he delves into, it, it gets into more fantasy.
1: Isn't the second book about Hisun or is
4: that the third? That's the second book. Yeah, Hisun is, is um, kind of an apprentice in this underground um, culture in the labyrinth, and he goes in and sneaks in and looks at different people's lives because he can go dig around and get records, whether they're on a some type of a spool or a disc or something, and he can submerge himself into their lives, whether it was last year or 10,000 years previous. And each little short story in there is about a certain aspect, like there's one little short story about this ship that tries to cross the huge ocean and they have to turn back after five years because everybody's going mad. Um, and then w- one of the other stories is about um, a romance between a human girl and um, a gay reptilian man who is injured and um, how that happens. And then there's one about a girl who becomes a dream speaker and it's different aspects of the culture that it's all little short stories and it, that one's on bard too it's just called the M- magipur chronicles
5: now does does any of them carry on with valentine as when he's when he's restored and describe how he ruled that he you know if he ruled justly like he planned on doing and i know one of his aims was try to to uh, get closer to the me- to the metamorphs and maybe you know try to bridge the the hatred between the two species
4: yeah, that's a third book. It's called Magipor, uh, no, it's called Valentine Pontifex and it talks about how he tries to um, get more into the metamorph culture a little bit, but it also talks more about his becoming a Pontifex and well there's some other stuff in there I can't remember now. It's weird I can't remember because I just read it a couple weeks ago. But it's it's another long book um probably about 12 13 hours or something
1: you're probably getting each book mixed up with each other i think that's what i do
4: yeah it's it's inevitable
5: it's it's amazing that you but you have the time you two have the time to read all these books
1: actually i don't have as much time as i did although this month i really did i actually i read that book quicker than i thought i would and then i read some other books science fiction i'm in a science fiction mood um speaking of that should we talk about our next book or
0: probably it's uh already after, it's already quarter till uh, or actually 14 till now
1: mary mentioned
5: something in, in one of the recent um posts of a series of books on bard and one of them i think was called the dispossessed the title sounds intriguing i don't know what the book's about
4: oh yeah that was uh one of those books that was on uh bard recently just added i couldn't get into it though because um there are very few books i can get into by that author um the only one i mentioned today was something on bard by greg bear which might be interesting but it's only eight hours long so i'm i was thinking today is is there anybody who hasn't had a chance to suggest a book lately because we've um i've suggested one or two and I think Martin has, and somebody else did. I forget who suggested the last few months. Um,
1: I really wish this were on Mary, I think you brought this book up. And, of course, I cannot remember the name of it now. Um, oh, darn it. It's about, at, like, I'm going to throw out a time because I can't remember. 3.20 in the afternoon. Everybody in the world sneezes, all at the same time. And it's about basically two alien cultures, if you will, and Earth. And, oh, I cannot remember what it's called. And I read—I did, actually, uh, I read it on... Kindle, and I think it's on Bookshare, but it is not on Bard unless it's there now.
4: No, I haven't read it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, Le Guin always seems to have an agenda when she writes. She's always making some kind of point about male oppression or, I don't know, something, gender equality or, I don't know, but she's always got some kind of a thing going and it 's the books are always subservient to that it seems i 've read several and and um, I just uh, can 't get into them either, really. Um, I have no idea what you 're talking about, Leela
1: <laughs> um, you guys were talking about something on the list, and the only name I remember is the author 's first name is Brenda.
0: Yeah, but that's not on BARD yet, but it's on PQ from Bookshare, and I want to read it soon. I don't know how much longer BARD is going to take to get it up. It's called Edge of Dark, and it's uh, the first of a duology um, about humans and AIs, and the AIs get banished to the farther edge of the solar system, and then they come back later on, and uh, they have to learn to get along. Don Sakers liked it. That's where I actually heard about it first, and I I said I'm gonna read this, and I looked on bookshare, and there was that same day, and. Uh but I haven't seen a book that he's re- reviewed that he hasn't liked yet. I mean, I've read a lot of his reviews, and I have found one, which makes me kind of suspicious. But um, but uh, it really does sound like a good book. Uh, but uh, I'm waiting for Bard to come out, because I know some people uh, don't have Bookshare, um, so it would be more popular if we could wait till the Bard version comes out. But I'd be happy to read it today.
4: I think most of us do have Bookshare, because... Uh Let's see, David said he has it, Sherry has it, um, and all of us here have it, and I think Deb has it, if I remember right, so we could go ahead and read it. Um, I know that with DocuScan Plus, I can take a book off a of Bookshare and convert it into a uh, an MP3 file with... Um, Eloquence narrating it and that's how I read stuff from Bookshare these days I convert it to an mp3 and put it on my stream which is real handy because I don't have to sit there and read it in a braille display <laughs> I'm just lazy I like to read stuff while I'm walking around doing stuff
5: of course Bookshare has the option of downloading either as an mp3 or as an audio you know read by a synthetic voice but a pretty good quality voice
3: Deb do you have Bookshare? I can't remember well, I'm supposed to have Bookshare, but right this moment I don't. I still haven't renewed my um, subscription. I need to do that, though, because I've got another book that I've got to read from them. So it's not a problem if you want to do this book. It sounds interesting to me.
4: Yeah, I'd vote for it, too. Um, you know, Bookshare, you got to admit, it's got more science fiction than Bard has ever had.
1: You know, I second or third that, because really, like Mary said, a lot of us who attend have Bookshare and Bookshare has a lot first of all they get the books quicker than Bard, maybe I'm wrong but it doesn't seem like it to me and they have more science fiction than Bard I think that we should I mean if I think what we should do is if Bard has a book okay but I don't think we should strictly, in a way I kind of feel bad but I don't think we should strictly go if if Bart doesn't have it. Oh, we can't read it because, like like Mary said, I think a lot of us who attend have it. Wait, Marshall, do you?
2: Yes, I have Bookshare. In fact, I'm reading the book that I – if this is a fantasy book, I think it's the one that – oh, I can't remember her name – Deb
5: is talking about. Okay, uh, how large of a book is this? How many pages?
0: I have no idea. It doesn't say how many pages are in it. Um, I So I have no clue how big it is. I doubt, I mean, I don't know Brenda Cooper very much at all, but she's not widely known, as far as I know, for writing big doorstops like uh, Peter F. Hamilton, and I don't mean that in a negative way, at least not for his books. Um, but, um, so, it's a bit of a gamble, but I... I don't think it's really super long. Uh, I wish I could read you the blurb, but I can't hold down the control key and listen to my speech at the same time. It won't speak. So I can't read you the blurb, but that's the general idea. But it's, um, it's about the clash of two cultures, the AIs that were banished and have returned and and uh, there's questions about morality, and you know because they don't have the same moral compass as we do, and we have to learn to get along with them, and uh, it's uh, stuff like that. So I think it's really uh, it's right out my alley, so to speak. For people who know me, they'll see that. But uh, you know, I think it's going to be an exciting book, and I'd vote for it. And if other people want to go for it, we can do it this month.
4: Well, there are two books on Bard by Brenda Cooper, and they're not. Hugely long, I'd say probably about 13, 14 hours at the most. So I'd go for it. I'd love to read that book. What is it Edge of Dark by Brenda Cooper? Um, If I had my Hymns device with me, I could check it out, but it doesn't really tell you how big the book is initially. Uh, When I convert it to an MP3 file with eloquent speaking, I can get a good estimate of what the length of the file is. Um, and what the number of hours, reading hours would be? I just recently read a couple of um, Heinlein's juvenile uh, books for kids, and they were each about four or five hours. But I think Cooper's books are generally longer than that, so I'd say let's go for it.
1: If you give me the title, I can go. I have the Read to Go app. I can go in there, and I think it'll tell me how many pages. Martin, if you if you really want to know, or whatever you want.
5: That doesn't matter, we, you know, we, uh, I, yeah, I'm i in agreement, let's read it, and I'll find out. I think I'm going to, you know, convert it into um, a daisy read by, you know, by their the, the voice there in Bookshare, so it'll take maybe a few hours for them to get it ready and then download it. Then when I put it on, you know, either Victor Reader Stream or Bookwork Plus, it'll tell you, it'll tell me how many hours it is.
4: Yeah, I can, I do the same thing with DocuScan. It uh, takes about half an hour to convert the book um and then and the then thing about that is i can get it via eloquent speech which i like so you know i would say let's just go for it what is it edge of dark
0: yeah it's 566k in braille i just downloaded it and unzipped it and that is not a very big book um That'd be about oh well I guess probably about twelve or thirteen hours or so not real huge not not as long as the last three you know the last three books we've done have both been a have all been over twenty hours Ventus and the Moat and Magiport have all been over twenty hours so this is a this will shorten this will definitely be shorter than that
4: all right but why don't we just go for it.
1: I second
0: Alright then, I will just uh, say that uh, for our next meeting which will be on September 10th 2015 we're going to read The Edge of Dark well, not The Edge, it's just called Edge of Dark uh, by Brenda Cooper, which is available on Bookshare right now and might come up on bar at any time I'll uh, certainly keep track of that Um, and uh, We will uh, meet back here then.